0: Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges. Well, we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide. Find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and yet here we are again. What do we do? And how do we do it? Together, Let's get into it. Our purpose, to do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes, for it's the extremes, the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage and the rest of us, well, the rest of us suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort. Let's have the hard conversations And together, let's Etch the Edges. Welcome back to another episode of Etch the Edges. For those of you out there who celebrate it, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. And for those of you out there who still celebrate Columbus Day, well, we'll say a happy day to you as well. Even though as time evolves and people change and things change, I will gladly say as your host on Etch the Edges, etching the edges for you so we can get to a greater understanding of things, that I am not a Columbus Day fan. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there right off the rip, because we all know the history behind Mr. Columbus. He didn't discover anything. He fell on ill intent and purpose for profit. And that's just not the way we're going to be. That's not what we represent here on Etch the Edges. We do the work of hearing the stories of people, everyday people who often do extraordinary things in order to close the ideological divide, in order to bring us close together, in order to get close to the truth. So today our guest is Norcross City Councilman, Matt Myers. And what, what we wanna do, what we wanna do with Mr. Myers here is get a little closer to his story. And I just wanna say before I let him go ahead and jump in here, I've met Matt on a couple of occasions. At one local event, he's a dynamic individual, hardworking, and he definitely believes in the work of the city of Norcross here in Gwinnett County. Matt, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So what we like to do, again, just is about getting to know people, right? We unotherize and humanize by sharing and gaining
1: understanding.
0: So Matt, please. Tell us your story. Who is Matt Myers?
1: (laughs) Well, depends on what angle and when we start that story, but I'll give a brief background. Uh, I'm a young kid. I still consider myself a young kid in my head. I don't know if my body and my age say that, but uh, I'm still a young kid from South Carolina. grew up in a small town called Lexington and uh, migrated to Georgia like most people did uh, in the 2000s and I uh, found my way to Jonesboro, Georgia, where I graduated high school from Mount Zion High School. Uh, went to what we call Kennesaw State now, which was Southern Poly uh, at the time, and uh, really wanted to pursue a degree in engineering. I uh, transferred to Clark Atlanta University, where I graduated, and met my beautiful wife uh, there at Clark Atlanta University. She's an electrical engineer, mechanical engineer majors. Uh, we graduated and started our careers. Um, Circle Back uh, was in leadership programs throughout college, uh, pledged Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, was in uh, National Society of Black Engineers as an executive board uh, for that for our university and many other uh, organizations. So I kind of got my bug in leadership there and then took a role coming out with General Electric in our operations management leadership program. And I thought, you know, what, what path am I really on? Um, So gaining that experience working in manufacturing uh, groups, manufacturing organizations, and then moved my family here to Georgia, back to Georgia. We were going around the country. At one point in time, uh, we lived in 10 different cities in 10 different years uh, from 2001 to 2011. So um, lots of moving around. Uh, And in that, I found Norcross in about 2008, 2009. And we bought our first home here in, in Norcross, and we really came and fell in love with the city. We bought our first home before we even got married. Um, and when we got married, we said, "Where do we want to get married?" We said Norcross, so we got married right here in Norcross. Uh, and then fast forward 2013, uh, my job got me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I went to work for uh, GE Oil and Gas out in Houston, Texas. Uh, that's where we found we had first had our little one, and you know, we, we lo- both looked at each other, me and my wife, and said, where do we want to raise our family? Where do we want to um, make an impact on our community? And we, we both looked at each other and kind of said Norcross at the same time. So we made a quick uh, exodus from from Texas um, and back here to Norcross and, and immediately wanted to get engaged and so jump right into it. Uh, served on the planning and zoning board for two years. Uh, ended up being the chair of the planning and zoning board for the city of Norcross. Um, And really had a good opportunity to work with our mayor and councils at the time, our city mayor and councils and city staff about projects and growth in our community. And uh, when there was an open seat for city council uh, in 2019, I I took the leap of faith and said, hey, I'm all in on North Cross and let's see if North Cross is all in on me. I was very fortunate to learn my community um, over those 10 years uh, back and forth between Houston and, and, and Norcross. And also while I was campaigning, knocking on doors, understanding what value systems our community has and in celebrating the diversity and embracing that diversity of what Norcross is. Um, if, if you don't know, Norcross is one of the most diverse cities in the most diverse county in uh, Southeast United States of America. Um, so I, I really do appreciate what we have here. It's something special. It's what me and my wife really, uh, you know, caught a flame for while we we were here the first time. And when we came back, why we wanted to raise our kids here, because it was important for our our kids to see the globe. And we can't go to the globe everywhere, but the globe is right here in North (laughs) Cross. Let let me ask you, let let me ask you. Go ahead. So in
0: 2008, you came in and um, my wife and I, you know, of course, we make our home here in Gwinnett County as well. But, you know, we were thinking back on a time when a person of color, didn't feel welcome in Gwinnett County.
1: And Uh, what was
0: it like in 2008 when you first arrived in the city of Norcross? How did that feel to you?
1: Right. So I think Norcross felt very different uh, for me than I felt in other parts of the county. I won't go out in those cities' names, but um, I've had family members live in Gwinnett County uh, 30, 40 years. And uh, I remember coming visiting up here, and it wasn't as developed, so it was like, "Hey, you're going out in the middle of the woods to get <laughs> to places uh, like Swanee or Buford. You're going far out from from the city." And uh, I remember coming out here and getting the, you know, telling, "Hey, be careful, you know, where you're going, what you're doing," and going into just a simple store and get looks. Um, fast forward to 2008, I felt a comfort, comfortability that you know our community was growing. Um, you know, the community that I, was, I come to love was growing. And when I came to Norcross, I felt love instantaneously. I felt um, an acceptance um, and a wealth of, uh, of community here in, instantaneously. So it was a very different experience than what I had come to see when I, you know, in the 1996, 97, 98 time frame. Completely different if you fast forward from 98 to 2000 to 2008 when, I, when we made this our home. Absolutely.
0: Now, I want to lean a little bit into this comfort here before we go into the next phase of the life of Matt Myers. Um, what you just speak of, right, the shifting demographics of the county, the shifting demographics of leadership in the county and how the government looks, um, you know, there's that concern, there's that fear. Even, even among some people of color that, you know, that there's no easy way to save this, but People are thinking, right? You know, look at all the change in terms of who's in charge. We're going to wind up looking like some other counties, and you know, for people like you and I, people of color, you know, we it makes us cringe. You know, we we hate to hear them say that or even think that. And let's go ahead and name some of the counties that they name. You're going to turn Gwinnett County into Decad County. You're going to turn Gwinnett County into Fulton County. You're going to turn Gwinnett County into Oh my God, Clayton County. Oh my God, right? And for those that live in those counties, we're just saying what they say, because I firmly believe that people of good intent do the best they can within the parameters that they are in. And every once in a while, you get the opportunity to bust those parameters out and do good works, right? But we know things are complicated. Government is complicated. Bureaucracy is, is challenging to navigate. But there is that concern, valid or otherwise, they say it. What say you, Matt, when you're confronted with that perspective?
1: Well, i got an interesting perspective there. I graduated high school from Clayton County, so I know it very well. My parents live down in Clayton County, Georgia. Uh, So, yeah, it's the common theme. If you hear on the streets, you're talking to people. Yeah, they say, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Um, And no, I don't believe Gwinnett County uh, should have that path. Um, I think it's important to have diversity. Um, diversity isn't just uh, all black or diversity isn't all one or all Hispanic. Diversity is a mixed bag of that. And I think we would be doing an unservice to ourselves in Winnett County if we don't embrace that full diversity because those diversity of ideas really push us in a path forward. So you have to have a, a mix of everyone or everyone's background. And I'm not saying your color or your direct uh, descendants determine your determine your culture. But really, it is a a blend of cultures. But I think, you know, something we've got that some of those counties didn't have early in the 1990s and early 2000s, we've got a high level of education. And those individuals that happen to be elected come from a diverse background themselves. So they may look very similar to each other here in um, Gwinnett County today. But if you talk to our, our leadership in the Gwinnett County area, they're very different. They have very different backgrounds, very different opinions. Um, And I'm proud as a city councilor being one of those individuals to work with our county leaders. But also in the city of Norcross, what we do, I think, is phenomenal. It's it's really a collaborative effort, and we try to continue to be collaborative in that. And I think as long as we get past these politics um, of red, blue, green, whatever, and, and we actually get down to the business of working for our community, I think we'll be fine. I think if we start to get into this partisanship, um alignment backstabbing old school politic ways i think we're in for trouble and um there's individuals out here like me i'm not the only one that really don't stand for that kind of stuff right our, our community has nothing to do with with uh, partisan politics what happens in washington rarely rarely impacts deep down the, the citizens on old north cross tucker road or satellite boulevard wherever you may live in in gwinnett county what happens in Washington isn't affecting your your day in and day out. And really, we should be servants for our community day in and day out. And as long as we can keep that focus, and I, and I believe we will, um, I think we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it, it does give pause to a lot of individuals because we've seen it go wrong in so many other places, especially in the metro Atlanta area. That's a
0: very powerful statement. You speak truth to power, and it's an unfortunate thing, but facts are facts. But I think more than anything, we have the benefit of hindsight and looking and observing where we see things go wrong and make sure we don't do that. And you bring up a couple of very important facts that I think people really should consider. You know, um, the fact that partisan politics erodes, it destroys, brinkmanship at the table does nothing but turn people away. And you don't solve anything. You don't do the work of governing. And that, we know, is what's become the common rule in D.C. But we also know that, in truth, all politics is local. And if you pay attention to what you need to get done here, as we all know very well, there are certain people who want to get their lights changed or sidewalks built, and they think they need to call someone in D.C. This is an unfortunate state of events. They don't understand that they live in a municipality, but that's okay. We have to be about educating them. That's why we've got wonderful people like you on on today telling us what the facts are. But to your point, diversity is not all about color. I, I like to call myself a descendant of the emancipated tribe of the people. What I believe is that the truth bears out in the crucible of positive conflict. Negative conflict erodes. Positive conflict builds, it aggregates. Even amongst people who have the same color skin, there are strong divisive forces. We don't all agree. And that's the point that we have to embrace for positivity. When we separate by terms of ethnicity, because we all understand there are no different races, there's only one race, it's the human race. But if we lean into the diversity, the things that make us different, the things that aggregate into how we think, then we come up with much more better ideas, ideas that speak to the separations within our communities that we should celebrate. You know, um, you're from South Carolina, I'm from Georgia, you know, that kind of thing. You know, you're (laughs) Hispanic, I'm American-African, something I've said before, I will clarify on another show, but I'm American-African, but I don't get mine if you call me African-American or Black for all that matter. I got a T-shirt in this room that often hangs that says Black Lives Matter because I believe they matter too. All of us have different perspectives on different topics and different things. And all of those things color how we govern. It's important to bring it all to the table. Don't you think that's the case, Matt?
1: Absolutely. I absolutely believe that. Fundamentally in my core values, I believe you've got to bring it to the table. I think you said something important there um, that you've got to have a positive conflict uh, shouldn't be confused with negative conflict um, too often in our communities uh, when you can't have your way even if it's positive conflict it's turned into negative conflict and, and I think that's that, that's a short-sightedness and a, and a, and a poor poor leadership Right? right I'll just say it if you if you have someone disagreeing with you on values and and has questions if someone's asking questions about what's going on in their community um, and you take that as an offense because it sets Stands in the way of your agenda. You're a failed leader, and that's and I'll and I'll go out there on a bold statement and say that. Um, and so anyone who fills it there in that that bucket that you have your own personal agenda when you're you're serving the people, you're a failed leader. And so it's time for you to move forward, move on, and let's let people who really understand what 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 leadership is um, really run our our cities, our counties, and our municipalities and etc. Around our community, because really. Um, Set agendas really poison really frank and open dialogue. They poison, in my opinion, uh people's ability to change, to come to the table. One of the things from my government standpoint, from governing, and I do this in my corporate America, uh in corporate America as well, is when I come to a room about with with some with an idea, and we're coming to the room to the table with an idea. I don't have an idea that says I'm not going to change my opinion, no matter what we come out of this conversation with. I come in that room and say, okay, I'm willing to listen and how we tweak this to make it work for everyone. And that's a collaborative consensus building um, form of leadership. And I believe that's extremely important and very lacking in our community because people have had to fight so long. They've said, Hey, listen, I'm stuck in my ways and I've got to do this because maybe 20 years ago, you needed to fight that today. We've, we don't need to do that. And just because we did it 20 years ago doesn't mean we have to do it in 2021, 2022 and going forward. So that, th- those are my opinions. They may, they may not be popular, but they're, they're my opinions and, I, and I'm strong on those. I heard that and you're
0: definitely much entitled to them. And of course, it gives us additional insight into who you are. And that's, that's what we need to know, right, Matt? That, that's right. what we need to know. But I totally agree with you in, in that instance. Um, there are folks that, from different ethnicities, Tractable, right? They fight the old fight because they think the old fight is the same. Some of the challenges from the old fight may still persist, but the tactics, tactics, sometimes have to evolve. And then of course you always have to see what's on the other side of the chasm, the challenge that you face with the opposition looks like. First and foremost, I would always ask that we remind ourselves that the folks on the other side of the aisle are American, and they're human beings. right? <laughs> right. They're not people that we want to shoot. We're, we, are, we are not about to have another civil war. I think, I pray, I hope, right? You know, you, 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 th- this vehement hate that's come to the forefront has been the direct result of, let's just say it because our white brothers and sisters who recognize it know the truth and they shall say it too. But you know, old white men who have decided that playing brinksmanship in the game of power, the game of Thrones is worthwhile. And the Russ regular folks, we just get shot up, smashed up, mashed in the middle. And in that game, you know, I don't want folks to lose sight of the fact that real people die. I'm not talking about battlefield tactics, but we're talking about the inaction of policy that permits some people from getting medicines, permits some people from getting the assistance that they need, that routes some people into poverty where they pick up disease and die, when it might not have taken so much just to get that person off the street. That's what you call, as you say, bad leadership. And at the top, they do that because they want to keep their hand on the reins. You know, they don't think they're servants. I, I say all the time, and, you, and Matt, you heard me say it before. Those, we call those politicians. Right. You know, I told you, I'm not fond of politicians. You're an office, brother. But again, I'm. I'm every time we talk, I, I, I hold fast to the fact that you seem to me to be a statesman. And, you know, I, I say that to you because I hope you internalize that. And you continue to walk that path. You said it again and again, and I loved it the first time you said it at Run Gwinnett Cities, and you said it with a lot of energy. I was like, "This brother loud about it." I said, "I serve. I do this work because I want to serve." And I was like, "Oh man, I, let me get my iPhone out and take a picture." He said, that's what that's what we want. That's yeah. what we need. And um,
1: I just want to say thank you for that. No, I appreciate it, and, and I do internalize the statesmanship comment. I mean, I, I, I think. Um, it's, it's just a foundation of who I am. Um, you know, People say, well, how did you come to this conclusion? I, I, I just say maybe my parents and my, some of my experiences put me into the position where I've always seen or thought of public servants as actually servants, people doing the work of the community, uh, either volunteerism or even if they're paid to do it, they're doing the work of the citizens, they're representatives, by name, representatives. That means it's not about you. You represent someone else, you represent your community. And to fundamentally lose that definition of what you are um, because of whatever you're doing or your politics or, or, or trying to stay on top or trying to stay in that position, I think to me is a problem in our community. Um, you know, I, I've said this, people ask me all the time, well, what do you think in 20 years and you're going to be in office and you're doing this for 20 years? And I said, you won't see me in the same position for 20 years. Now, that doesn't mean I won't be doing something as a servant for the next 20, 30, 40 years of my life. But you won't see me in the same position because I do believe that we we should be term I believe in term limits to, to give the, the hashtag. But what I mean by that is if you're not a leader in a leadership, part of being a leader is growing your community up and, and building um, talent around you. And if you're if you're a true leader and you believe in leadership, I believe there's no way you can be in a role for 20 something years and not mm-hmm. say you've developed talent around you that you can curate to be in that position to continue to take that um you take that torch and move it forward right i believe that without a doubt so if you're in those positions that long i do see well what have you unity beyond this that and the other who have you, what have who in those people have you grown up in that community you can't tell me that you're the smartest guy in the room for 25 years um and 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 I think I, I'm a I'm a decently intelligent individual and I can say straight out, I won't be the most intelligent person in my company or in the city of Norcross or eligible candidates in the city of Norcross that have the will and the want to be servants for 25 straight years so or 20 years or whatever it is. So my ability to understand those individuals, work with those community leaders, develop those community leaders into positions that I currently have today is a part of what I've always thought to be leadership. I've done that in my corporate career where every time I've moved to a new role or a promotion, the first thing I'm doing is go, yep, I have four or five candidates or four or five people that I've worked with. I feel that they're talented to do it and I've empowered them to be leaders in their community. So let's see if they're willing to do that and I'll support them. If you're not doing that, I think you're being selfish, right? Let's call it a simple word. You're just being selfish. You're about yourself and your greed. And so to me, that's why I believe there should be a thing called term limits in every position in the country um, that's elected. And I believe that... uh, you should be valuing the growth up. And and I think that's maybe something that's not not been a case long term, right? I can think about when we had old Jim Crow laws and things like that, where maybe you needed strong leadership for decades to move the needle. But as fast as our community moves today, as broad as social media is today, and as as talented as the individuals we have today in all communities of color um, and diversity, I believe, there's no excuse now to have to say, hey, listen, I, I can do this for 40 years without anyone doing my job for me. So those are the reasons I have. I'll, I'll be short with that. But what's your thoughts on that in terms of term limits? Oh, I, I,
0: so I, think to I appreciate that one, Matt. Um, I think quite honestly, um, that term limits actually should be enforced by the individual, not necessarily by the state, by law. But I can tell you now that I'm not exactly wed to the idea of one side or the other. I guess it comes from my my desire to always try to hear all perspectives as an always aspiring critical thinker. But when it comes down to how you impose that upon yourself, I always think that you need to really figure out how to do your bid and then step away. It really pleases me to hear you say this because the same thing came up with another candidate that's running in our county. And to me, it brings back the story once again. And I said this to that person, you know, it's the story of Cincinnatus, right? The uh, Roman general in the Republic before the empire came to the forefront. And, you know, they wanted to turn him into a king because he was like, he was the man. He was winning. He was chopping them down. And and Cincinnati said, what? I'm a farmer. (laughs) You know, I just know how to fight really well. And I know how to tell a whole bunch of other people to fight with me. Yeah, I'm good at that, but no, I'm, I'm a farmer and I don't want to be a king. I don't want to figure out how to be a king. I don't want to rule all of you people. You guys, you you, you, you go figure that out. I'm going to go over here and grow wheat because right. I don't like putting my hands in the dirt and growing things. He did his bid for what he was needed for. He served his republic and he took his behind home. <laughs> to me... That is how it all should work. And again, I, and I totally agree with you. When you have the person in the position who says, well, I can't get it done inside of eight, you know, 12, 16, 20 years, two, four, six, eight years, then yeah, that, that may, I think what a lot of us miss who decide to step into these positions, and before I say that, I want folks to understand also that often enough we hear these folks make these comments and we think that they're extraordinary or so much above us as human beings. But you and I know, Matt, that the people who sit in corner offices that occupy seats of power, that run global corporations, our entire countries, they all go to the bathroom the same way we do. And some of them are a lot dumber. So, you know, I want folks to really hear me say that and internalize that because it's the God's awful truth that we somehow might have let that person, and I always say let, because even when they take power, it's a function of the people allowing them to occupy the space that they sit there and they say things like, I can't get it done in eight. I need, I need a lifetime to get it done. Well, to your point, you don't recognize your talent. You don't curate the people around you. You don't look at the people who may be smarter or have a better hand on the touch of the time. And you, you haven't encapsulated your work appropriately because if it is a generational thing and we're supposed to pass it down, then actually you should be smart enough to say, this is the work, it's five chapters. I did three. I'm giving you the last two. And if you have to change that in order to get it done with, it's your responsibility now. I like growing wheat. Yep. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go back to the, I'm going back down Mississippi and I'm getting ready to put my hands in the dirt before I wind up laying in it. That's my perspective on it.
1: I love I love it. Right. You know, you it, it said it's chapters in a book. Um, we, we don't we, One thing we're promised not to is to be here forever. So, at some point you're writing chapters in the book time to let some other people write those chapters in the book and see how it goes but if you're if you're coaching those individuals properly you're respecting those younger individuals as they come up through 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 the the channels i think you'll impart on them a sense of a wisdom and a sense of guidance that your your book's going to be the same book that you thought it was going to be or directionally because you put that same those same ideas and those same talents to that person and you empowered them to take what they've learned and this and enhance it. So, um, writing the all thirty chapters of a book, it's gonna only be your opinion. That's right. Writing three, th- having ten different people write three chapters is gonna be a better, better book for me. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really, really interested in that book because I'm gonna understand as that book grows, as I read through those chapters, how how we matriculate through life and what's coming up for those individuals, and get a sum of experience of, of decades of people versus one person.
0: Yeah. Just just me. Because to be quite honest, the the person may think, oh, it is all about me. It is not. When it's all about you, we tend to get wind up with disaster, tragedy. (laughs) I mean, all you got to do is look at history and see it, right? Country to country, age to age. You've got these these powerful names in history, these conquerors, these leaders, these so-called people who say they stand up to take us to a new era. Oh, there you go. 30 million people dead. You know, we're going to go ahead and shift the entire economy, and we're going to be the engine for the future. Now, oh, okay, fourteen million people dead. No, <laughs> you know, yeah. we just need to look to history to find out the truth. But I want to go back real quick to the other thing. So, uh Matt, you're you're are you a geek?
1: Sorta, of, yeah, sorta. Of. Okay, I, I've um, been I've been I've been I've been toting that a, a while. So yeah, I man, I'm, I'm going to embrace it. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I embrace mine too. I mean, you know, I like uh, you know, I, I,
0: I've I've done my athletic. I love, I love my sports as well. You know, by the way, go Falcons. They finally brought one home this weekend, even though it wasn't here in America, but hey, you know, you take it you get, you know, and, and then I switch over here and, and as we were talking about the chapters, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, right? You know, I um I first read uh, the uh, Tolkien trilogy when I was in the like fourth grade. And, you know, there's a scene in the, in the movie, you know, the adaption where, you know, Bilbo, his, he's written his book, right? Uh, to there and back again, right? You know, and he's talking about his his travels with the dwarves. But the wonderful thing, passing the torch, right? Because he wound up passing the torch. We thought the Hobbit was the big story. Now nah, that, that wasn't a big story by half. The big story was the trilogy, The Lord of the Rings. And at the end, Bilbo gives the book over to Frodo, opens it up, and there's some empty pages. And Bilbo tells Frodo, these chapters are for you. Continue the story. Now, a lot of folks may say, did he just equate that to government? But yes, I did. That's my point. Frodo is the next leader of the crew, and he is going to write his chapters, and he's heroic, he's humble, he is always trying to do the right thing, and he's willing to sacrifice himself. What a unique and wonderful tale from the land of geekdom on how we should look at people who are supposed to be in charge today. Just something to consider critically,
1: I think. You know I, mean? I, I, I agree with you. Um, not a, not a big not a big reader on the Lord of the Rings, but do know what you're talking about there. And I and I remember that portion. And, and you're right. It, it's it equates. It works. So go ahead and use the analogy. Use the comparison because it works.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Now, let's get back to you, man. We waxed and
0: waned. But, you know, I really wanted to get to that next part where and I want And, and again. It's a story. I want to hear a story, Matt. Right. So, you know, um, we, we talk about you, you, you made your home. You're in Norcross, you know, share with us the mental calculus. You know, you, you kind of laid into it. You said, you know, you decided to, to to support your community and serve, but what was that like for you and your family? What, are the, what were the gyrations you went through that said, you know, I'm gonna put in time on, on, on the city council and I'm gonna make this part of my life. And I know you don't get a lot of money for it.
1: No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't. Got to keep the day job um, in municipalities and it's important. Um, So I've always felt like, um, yeah, I I think this is an important piece to me, who I am. Um, I always felt like coaching and mentoring and being a part of leadership was an important piece and that I felt like I was good at or felt like it made me comfortable. Um, When people are having a problem or people need assistance, that's just my value system. I don't know what it is. I just, okay, what can we do? How can we solve it? As an engineer, we fix problems. So, in general, between my career as an engineer and what my value system is, just to want to help people, they kind of bridge the gap here. Um, and so, uh, for me, to answer your question directly, it was really a, a family decision. So, you'll hear me say this a lot, and, and people try to coach me out of it and say, well, you say what you've done, you always say we. Because it's not—it's never just me. Um, if, if even if I'm the only politician or even the only elected official or statesman um, making a decision or putting a decision in on play, it came from the foundation of the sum—the of, sum, the sum of my experiences, and that one of those being my wife. So um, when I, at, you know, said, "Hey, this is something I thought we could do together," I said. What do you think? what? What's your, what how will these will impact us? We had no clue um, what the highs and lows of being an elected official were. Um, I, you know, There's some elected officials in my family way down the line, but really no direct mentorship or leadership from anybody who's ever been an elected official. And it really was just a, a leap of faith um, from, our, from us. But it wasn't Matt's leap of faith. It, it was my family's leap of faith in me and said, hey, if this is what you want to do, are we doing it for the right reasons? And when I looked at my son at the time, um, he was like two, two and a half. I looked at him and said, yep, this is why I'm doing it. Um, so, so my kids and kids that look like my kids are really my why. It's, it's what legacy we want to have out here in our community, what Norcross should look like in 20, 30 years, because a lot of government planning, we always talk about slow. There's a portion of that slow, but there's a portion of that is intentionally slow because you're developing plans, development, community for what's going to happen generations from now or a generation from now. And so because it takes so long to get through the process, there's things we do today. Yes, there's a family that needs assistance today. Yes, we're going to help that family today. But ideally, what we're doing is we're setting infrastructure, plans in place, roads, um, power, because we have a utility in Norcross. We're setting parks. We're setting businesses in place, places of employment in place for the next generation and say, yep, I grew up here. I went to school in this community. I was able to go into parks in this community. It was safe. There were roads here in this community. We had we had internet. We had Wi-Fi. Whatever we had, we're building that infrastructure for them to develop for that next generation. So that is primarily the reason why. And I fail to answer that question a lot in terms of my why. I always answer why with what I've done or why what I want to do. Not why I'm actually um, in this position, The Why I'm in this position is for the kid, for my kids, and kids that look like my kid um, across the city of Norcross. The what I've done and what I want to do is a completely different question. But I think me, myself, and others that um, that are in my position often get that confused um, when they're asked that question. Um, and, and so it took me a little point of reflection to understand what my why, why I do this, um, and I get that question a lot um under 40 full-time career a kid two kids five and one marriage um my kids played soccer in in norcross and there's things going on everyone's like when do you have time and why do you want to do this and so i've always said oh why, why i want to do this is because i want to help our community grow i want to sustain have sustainable growth blah 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 blah. but that's not the real reason why that's the what i want to do while i'm in office but the why is the kids. So, so that's, that's my why. And, and that's how we got into it. Really, it was being on the planning zoning board, which I think is a fundamental um, thing that you need to do in your community before you decide to run Now, Everyone doesn't agree with that, but I believe having that sweat equity in your community doesn't have to be in a, a titled position, but having sweat equity in your community will tell you whether or not you should be running in your community. Um, and because you're going to be a representative of that community. If you can't, if you don't even know and you're what that community is about, you haven't been side by side with that community. It's probably not a good, a good, good path forward. And people are going to question it. They're going to question your sincerity. What's your agenda? Because they haven't seen your work and your sincerity and your agenda being on full display. Um, so I don't feel like I had that issue when I came in, um, it, because I was doing so much work in the community. Before a title, I don't think I don't believe in titles have to, to define you either. Um, but but that's the that's how I kind of took that genesis to it. It was really the work I was doing on planning zoning board in the city of Norcross and how fundamentally important I found that, and how exciting I found that as for, from a personal passion standpoint. And my family saw that in me and said, "Hey, let's go do this." Now, all, obviously, I, I post not only my family, I post community leaders as well because I believe. Community leaders are the foundation of the web work that makes our community strong. And so I post community leaders in different parts of the city and said, what would you think if I decided to run for city council? Um, and they go and a lot of them said, hey, do, are you think you ready? And then the other half said, what are you waiting on? And so I took that as no one said, we don't think that's a good idea. Some people just said, is it your path? now or later, but they weren't telling me it wasn't my path. And the other people were saying you should have already done this. So I took that as, hey, let's take this leap of faith because it was an open position. Um because there, we had a person leaving that position. Now we ran against two, two other individuals, very capable individuals, and um in one. And I thought that was really uh powerful. You know, I'm really proud to say that the candidates I ran against in 2019 have all endorsed me in 2021 for my reelection. And that that speaks to not only their character, but it speaks to what Norcross is, we're community, and we can move forward past past the politics of things. Um, so I'm really proud to say that out loud because it's important to me, and I would have done the exact same thing if those individuals were um, to be elected in, in place of me.
0: That definitely, without equivocation, speaks to community, and thank you for sharing that. I think um, a lot of people really need to take the time to understand because, you know, if As an individual, you don't take the time to be introspective and think critically about who you are and where you are. You know, I always tell people, you know, um, in my methodology, I came up with my own for uh, breaking down problems and solving them using critical thinking skills. It's called 3FE, find, focus, establish the fundamentals, and execute. And within it, you always start with the things that you learned in elementary school because you work in corporate America just like I do. And, you know, you get tired of going to meetings where folks are trying to solve complex problems and they start at the 10,000 floor level. And you know, someone in the room doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And it only takes one person to go, what are we really doing? Then all of a sudden the cavalcade of people come out. No, yeah, what are we doing? And what, what we're well, really, yeah. And why are we doing this? And well, who's gonna take all of a sudden all the questions pop up and they needed just one. You got 30 people in the room and everyone's talking about well, what we're gonna do on, you know, uh, September uh, 18th. And then on October 20th, we're gonna go ahead and do this piece. And, well, yeah, well, we have to be thinking about that all day. And then someone in the corner goes, well, why are we doing that? And everybody pauses and goes, well, because that's what we, it, we it, is, is that what we're supposed to be doing?
1: Why? why? I don't <laughs> know
0: either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it, right? Who, what, when, where, how, and why? And I love the fact, Matt, that you said you took the time to really become introspective and ask that of yourself, right? You know, all of us need to do that in whatever field, whatever endeavor we seek to put in time and effort. And, you know, the, the truth, you know, it becomes illuminated. It rises to the top. And the fact that you said you want to do it for your progeny, that, you know, and, that, and that's your, your children down the line, right? Down the line. And then you live in a community where it seems that other folks tend to want to think the same way. Here's the thing that really is illuminating to me as an individual. And that's why I've dragged my daughter around to some of these things as well. You know, her big thing is trees, right? right. She's really tired of drive, driving through Gwinnett County and seeing more trees, knocked down, even as we have a policy to replace them. But it's because, you know, we don't understand all the dimensions of what's going on. And again, I talk, I go back to that point where we talk about the person who says they want to have a traffic light address or a sidewalk building. They think they need to go to Atlanta or D.C. or someplace else. They know this is local government. You know, understand what happens when you flick the light switch or you turn on the water. And most of us don't. We just walk through, you know, we don't understand that there are systems behind that and that people are in charge of managing those systems. They get paid out of a budget. The budget gets managed and allocated by some leaders. Those leaders actually get elected. And most of you don't take the time to vote for them. Yes. But you should. You can. Most of you don't even know when it comes time to vote for them that you're supposed to go vote. Some of them it's may true. even go, well, can I vote for them? You, you yeah. live in Norcross. It's, yeah, <laughs> you know, go, go, go vote. Go vote so, so you can definitely. understand that underneath the street that you're walking, there are a ton of pipes. I saw a visual representation, Matt, of Gwinnett County from the, uh, I went up to, you took a uh, tour of the water facility. And, you know, it's absolutely fascinating. Gwinnett County has to, to your point, not only be one of the best counties in the country, in terms of how we look, and I think personally, and I've said it before, the promise of America, but well, we have to perhaps be one of the best run period in terms of engineering, funds management, you know, um, infrastructure, you know, envisioning and planning. The Gwinnett Strategic Plan, to be quite honest, when I look at it, I'm like, y'all don't really need to do nothing. You just kind of sit there and keep your hand on the wheel for 30 or 40 years. Then we know that's not true because things change and you have to evolve and, 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 and change things as they go uh, to meet the need. but you know the plans are so good to me that they present opportunities for us to build way above and beyond in terms of people and process and services. you know it's, it's, it's excellent and to hear you talk about it and you know I want you to elaborate a little bit more of it but on it but you know as a council person that's, that's what you do you make sure that things are done. And I I don't want to overcomplicate it. Things get done (laughs) because you're at that table talking about the things. But most of your constituents, well, maybe not in cross hopefully not. Let's say for the whole of Gwinnett County, we're going to talk to those few that still don't get it. Y'all need to understand what he's doing. (laughs) You need to understand why he's running again. and, and, And the same thing should apply for you as an individual, even though you're not running for office, you should decide that you want to give Matt your vote because of not only what he's going to be doing for his children, but what his actions will mean for yours. I always tell people, only critical thinkers should vote. And I, and I don't do that to discriminate or divorce someone from the franchise. I say that to say that every voter, every citizen should be a critical thinker. Because American freedom is hard, it's complicated. you got to want it. And it takes work. And it really takes work because I may want a thing and you may want a thing and governing of the people, by the people and for the people means that we need to figure out how to land somewhere in the middle, that there'll be real compromise. It's not my way or your way or we just blow up the whole damn road. It's not how this thing should work, right? We should be able to come together, figure it out, be engaged. Candidates who only have videos on their campaign pages should not qualify. They should never get the vote. One of the most and I bring it up because it's one of the most frustrating things when I was talking to my friends on the other side of the aisle and I said well you know me Derek does the voting like this I read the platform I, I study the individual I vote for myself and I say myself first because it's me and then I think about my wife and my kid my household then my extended family then my community then my city my state my nation those are the critical thinking exercises and I asked, who, what, when, where, how, and why at each of those stages. And I wanna figure out what your policies are gonna be mean to my who, what, where, how, and why. So where to go, let's go read. I went to Trump's website, Matt, and they only had videos, just videos.
1: Yeah, um... And it
0: blew my mind, it blew my mind. And that yeah. is how we know if we be critical thinkers, we must entrust each other and remind each other and admonish each other to do the work of American freedom. And rule out candidates like that. Still walking around supporting him, going to his rallies. The man that read.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we're off topic. I'm sorry. So you're, you're, you're good. You're good. I, I mean, we can relate this all back to Norcross and, and whatnot. But I, you know, fundamentally, because you, you stepped on you stepped on the um, the Trump button here. Um, fundamentally, following leaders uh, from a popularity contest is is really what's been challenging in our community. And I'm hoping my my generation and the, the generations below me. Um, we can figure out a way to get past the social media uh, hashtags and we can get past what we see on social media as fact. Um, And we can be more critical thinkers to your point, but also be more educated in what those individuals we're voting for are. And not just voting for people because they have a D or an R by their name um, and voting for who they are as individuals and who you think they should be representing of you. Again, like I said before, they're representatives of you, um, they're representative of your community. Just because they got a D or an R by their name doesn't make them hit your value system or your, your morals. They may completely be divorced of what your morals and your value systems are, and just because they have an R by their name isn't a reason to vote for them. Um, and so if we can get our, our, the, the next generation of voters, the next community of voters to really be educated on um, not being partisan in, in their votes, and, and I say that as an individual who has tried at my best as a family member to look at something more than just the D and the R. Um, I'll quickly say it like this. Um, and you'll probably find this funny. I'm not a, a Falcons fan, right? I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, which we're doing really good right now. So I'm happy about it. I'm blue and white. Um, I don't really care who's on the Dallas Cowboys team per se. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I do care who's in the democratic party. Because I'm not a Democratic, I'm not, the, I'm not a Democratic Party fan. I'm the individuals of that party's fan. And that's a big difference between what you would like in UGA or Dallas or the Falcons, where you're saying, I like this team, and I like what this team is about. And I really don't really care what they're talking about, but I just like the team. It's not a sporting event. This is, this is your life. Um, this is your kid's life. This is generations of life and what we do. Because we do really do really good work for your community. We do really, I mean, when COVID happened, I'll give you one example. We had a discussion whether or not we were going to put a moratorium on cutting off power in homes. You have the wrong person in office in the middle of COVID, your power gets cut off because you, you don't have a job because all everything's shut down. You can't pay that, that power bill. We don't necessarily need the money right away. We'll eventually need it. Obviously, we have a budget to balance but can we be human and say, we understand what's going on. Let's let's do a moratorium on, on cutting your power off because you're a, a month behind three months into a pandemic. Let's not make your power and your electricity um, heading into the summer and having your refrigerator where you just got food that you didn't think you could get go bad because we cut your power off. Those are decisions made by your elected officials by and large. And if you're not aware that there are people that may starve in other places because their power got cut off, their food went bad, and now they've got to make a decision um, of what they're, where they're going to get their next meal from when they had a full refrigerator full, only because they were a few months behind on their their power bill. Now, so I don't, so I think that this is a fundamental importance to understanding what we do and what what you know what impact we have on our community. That's just one small example of having good leadership in place, and I'm proud to say. That um, by and large, Norcross has got good leadership. Again, I'm one of five votes that makes things happen in our community. But I think we've got strong leadership around me. Um, and I think that's an important piece um, to do. And I think even if we didn't have strong leadership around me, it would be incumbent of me to make sure that I'm coaching my individual peers, that we have good value systems, and we push forward. But, but I'm lucky um, that my, my peers are, are, are pretty straight. And I don't have to do that. So it's, it's made it a little bit uh, easy to digest being sworn in and two months later um, saying, hey, welcome COVID two months into my first term. Uh, so very, very uh, challenging is you know, baptism by fire, so to speak. But I think real true leadership doesn't look at an agenda again. Like I said, if you look at an agenda, you would have been way off base because COVID gave us a, a new agenda. And so being able to pivot and understand what your community needs at any given time, I think is very valuable and important. And so that's what I've done. And and those politicians who say, let me throw out the hashtag or the video or let me lose the buzzwords just to get your attention and and really try to separate us on very small issues. Right. Five percent of what concerns Americans. We try to use that as the entire um, platform for your your campaign. I think that's a terrible sense um, from from some of our leaders. But again, I talked about this very, very. Um, easy to see the failed leadership in our community. Um, it's because that's what the gridlock is it's just the un- unwillingness and un- inability to compromise and collaborate together and have a path forward. Because if I was to poll Americans, Americans, Norcrossians, Gwanesians, I believe I say Gwanesians, right? Gwanesians. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I polled them and asked them what's fundamentally important to me, we're not going to see DNRs, we're going to see families, we're going to see jobs, we're going to see um, quality of life rise to the surface as the highest of those values. So why am I, or why are, are individuals in an in elected official office just using things that aren't these top issues to drive our community? So for me, those top issues are the only things I need to concern with. Once I fix those issues, then I'll talk about these smaller issues here. But I find, I find it very challenging to fix those top issues, right? I'm only going to write three or four chapters in there and I'm going to hand it on. But what's not in there is these small issues Smaller issues, fringe issues, really, we can get past those and we can really govern from this place of center, right? The majority of our community, I think we'll be in a better place um, and really not use these other things as, uh, you know, separate uh, ways to separate each other or uh, wedges uh, in our community and, and really understand that we are very similar and we all really want their exact same things or very similar things in our communities, regardless okay. of your color, okay. your creed, your background, whatever.
0: Yep, that is it. That is it. That, those are the stories, right? Those are the stories. I want my family to thrive. I want to be able to cut my lights on. I don't want to get kicked out into the street. I would really like for my leaders and my friends and my community to have compassion. And often enough, we find that, um, okay, I know I've been, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I've been an asshole. I, I've been very, you know, I, I've lacked compassion for some people because of, you know, um, I don't like the way they live or how they look and, you know, the poor stink on ice and, and, yeah, but now I'm on hard times and I want you guys to have compassion for me. No, we will still have compassion for you, but we would love for all of you to hear that story and understand that, you know, especially if you would be a Christian or whatever your religion, that you have some compassion and love for folks before you need it. Before you run into a, a hard and tractable issue, because those types of thoughts and behaviors, as you say, those are the things that feed the ideological divide. They separate us. These and ours, liberals and conservatives, all of these labels that have character traits that describe us and push us further apart. We start to fight for team instead of for policy. That, and I'll say it like this: you know, you 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 put your hand right on it, the center, that centerpiece, but not to be a centrist. Again, right. it, it's not a label thing. It's a fact that compromise means you give, I get, I give, you get. And somewhere in the middle, though it may still have holes, little minor fractures, but it's sturdy enough to hold. And we all get enough yeah. to move forward. We all get what we need to live together. Again, you know, it's American freedom and liberty. We're so right. fond of saying the word, but. It's 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 hard.
1: Yeah. So so I, what what oh, two words that stuck to me from a childhood is imperfect union. Right. It, no one asked for perfection here and no one expected it. It was an imperfect union. And because it's imperfect, that means there's compromise in there. I think that's fundamentally what what is it, said by that. Right. It's really compromise. Um, if you've been married in your life, um, you've been fortunate <laughs> or unfortunate to be married in your life, depending on your stage in <laughs> life. Um, you understand what that means um, to some degree, and hopefully you 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 embraced it um, because you can't get your way with just one person in That's this right. country, in this world. Th- there's one person that you say this is my this is my mind, right? This is my wife. This is my husband.
0: Or, oh, or oh, oh, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but we got to okay. say it right there. It's like when you do have it in marriage or running a country, it's my way. It usually leads to tragedy.
1: It does. <laughs> Fundamentally, it, it, there's a point where that other person or that other group says, not a, this is unacceptable to me. And um, it, it, not only will that group say that and there'll be a pushback, but also typically when you only have one idea or one thought, you've probably made fundamental mistakes in not checking every box. And so you, whatever your plan that does go through probably will even have even more holes than just coming together and using two brains. Um, two groups of individuals that are intelligent versus just my own group that all listens to the same thing, hears the same thing, sees the same thing, lives in the same neighborhood. You have no perspective on it. Um, I'm very proud of what's behind me here. Um, so I was ask you that about question.
0: that.
1: So what I'm proud about is everyone in my house, my four family members, we were all born in any one of those given states. So um, I was born in South Carolina. My my uh, my wife was born in Illinois, Chicago uh So we've got different perspectives, right? I got this whole sleepy town, country Matt, and my wife's from the big city, Chicago. And how do we make that blend?
0: So let me um, let me describe it real quick, Matt, before you get into the detail, because for folks who can't see, well, it's a podcast. So behind right. him on his wall, you know, we're all we're on a Zoom session here, as you guys know. But I'm watching his background on his wall. He's got the great state of Illinois at the top left. He's got the great Lone Star state of Texas right next to it georgia next to that and over on the far right we've got south carolina i have to just kind of say it's kind of funny i got huge amounts of family in the lone star state and you got it looking pretty small there
1: well you know i didn't buy the thing but um you gotta make it fit it's a big state i gotta make it fit it's a big state that's how they came um But yeah, so my my oldest son was born in in, in Texas, in Houston, when we lived there, um, and really the decision to come back to Georgia, my youngest son was born last year um, in 2020 during COVID uh, uh, here in Georgia. So very, very proud of that. But that also shows um, part of me being able to move around, understand different types of communities, but also I've been somewhere. Right. I've been a different place. I understand. I've seen what it, what bad looks like in different areas and what good looks like in different areas. And I try to take those perspectives, those some of my experiences and bring them back to the city of Norcross and says, yeah, fundamentally, I've grown up in some some very, very, very conservative states. But I've also grown up in some very, very liberal communities. I mean, if you've ever been to Houston, it doesn't it doesn't poll, look like, sound like, talk like any part of the rest of Texas. That's right. Um, it, And Atlanta might be Atlanta and and, um, Gwinnett might be the same thing. Completely different than what I grew up in South Carolina, which is very conservative, and would be completely different than what my wife saw in Chicago growing up. So those perspectives and those 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 experiences living there, being there, having people from there, I think is important. Um, I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I've grown up in this community. I've been a life I'm a lifelong individual in this particular community, and I value that because you're going to have more perspective." in your particular community than anyone else we have. But one of the values I see in Gwinnett County and in Georgia as we continue to grow, you know, we've been a, a transplant city for so a transplant community for so long. Experience in living other places, experience in having different cultures around you and being able to be accepted in those is just as valuable as saying I've been I've lived in Gwinnett County 150 straight years in my family. Because um, not to say you're not traveled. But just understanding what it means to live in a community. All right, how's trash pickup done outside of Gornette? Right. A lot of people, if you haven't moved anywhere, you really don't know the nuance of that. How's taxes done? You know, how's an election done? Those type of questions you don't necessarily get until you just live in it, you know, every day, right? What's traffic look like in this particular community? What do they do to, to offset that? Those simple things, unless you're traveled and you're you're staying somewhere for a significant amount of time, it's hard for you to digest it. Not to say it's impossible, but it's just hard for someone to digest that. So that's that's why I'm proud of that. People ask me that question all the time when they see my Zoom. They go, what is that for? It's really to remind me of diversity of, of, of location, diversity of place, and the different fundamental groups of people that I've met in these areas. And really, um, they are a part of who I am and the decisions that I make and who I uh, become to be. Um, and, and that's corporate America, it's family, it's all those things um, being a part of that. So that's why I mention it, because I think it's important to have that that background a little bit.
0: Absolutely, Matt. And I just have to say that that's one of the best spins, or we don't want to use spin, that has a negative connotation, (laughs) one of the best ways to explain and showcase the power and intent of diversity and why it's so important. I don't care the field, the vertical, the endeavor, wherever it is you're doing work or you have to make decisions or you have to plan. Diversity is important and diversity isn't all about black and white. You mentioned that earlier, that absolutely applies without saying. Diversity has multiple dimensions. And when you're problem solving, especially in a social environment among people, you know the, those, the, the wisdom of having those different experiences, those perspectives from different places, from different activities, all of that matters. And we can throw it all in the crucible to put together a much more cohesive and value driven solution, especially when you're trying to run a community is critically important. Absolutely. So we're at time, Matt. I wanna thank you for etching the edges with me today. And as always, I like to give the guest the last word. So to the people, on Edge the Edges that listen to the podcast and to the great people of Cunette County, what final words would you like to leave with them?
1: Yeah, so um, I would like to leave with them. I'm a lifelong problem solver. I continue to want to do that. I feel like I'm a servant of our community. um, And I do this for a passion um, of our community and what it can be. And I hope you can reelect me this uh, November um, for city council in the great city of Norcross um, and help me bridge these gaps and build this community beyond norcross and in our region thank you
0: statesman matt myers ladies and gentlemen thank you my brother thank you for taking the
1: time thank you brother i appreciate it in his
0: own words still a young kid from south carolina with aches and pains who has made his home norcross Gwinnett County, state of Georgia, and is committed to serving the people of his home. Thank you for etching the edges with us today, Matt, and for sharing with us your perspective and your vision for growth of the city you've come to love so much. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. So please like and subscribe. Tell your family, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ItchTheEdges. And don't forget to visit our website at ItchTheEdges.com. Check us out. Join the movement. Express your commitment to the cause. Cause for a better America, a better world. Where we all can stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for America. Indeed, do it for a better world. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.